Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Hey guys, Chris here. Welcome back to another episode of Chris Talks Games. As always, I'm Chris and I'm here to talk about some games with you guys. Um, so it's been a while since the last episode dropped. Um, last time I was due to do an episode, I was in the middle of EGX. Um, unfortunately, travelling stuff like that, didn't get a chance to record a show. And I was straight into um, Friends Reading and straight back to work. So it's a bit of a crazy few days around... My last show is due to drop, so um, yeah, make up for last time. I'm going to be talking to you guys about EGX today. Um, as always, let's get going with some news. Okay, so first up, we have a big game launch, is Overwatch 2. Um, Overwatch 2 launched, and it is a free to play game. Um, and actually, just discontinued Overwatch. The original Overwatch, so that was a bit of a surprising move that they've shut down those servers. So now I'm trying to move everyone across to Overwatch 2, which, um, not gonna lie, did surprise me a little bit that that's been shut down. Um, but it was a bit of a rocky launch for Overwatch 2. Um, I had a DDoS attack on their servers, so the servers weren't at full capacity and there were extremely long queues to get onto matches. Uh, there was up to 30,000 players waiting in a queue to get onto a match. So, um, very, very busy um, uh, lobbies and waiting queues and not the smoothest launch um, possible, really. Um, there was a bit of a backlash as well, because along with logging to your Battle.net account or whatever, um, you need to call up a supplier phone number. Uh, there's something that is changing, so they shouldn't be such a necessity now um, but some players may still be asked for a phone number but it wasn't accepting prepaid uh, phone numbers it had to be like a proper contract phone um, otherwise it wouldn't let you sign in um, so that is something that did cause a bit of controversy and backlash as well with the launch um, no chance to play it myself um, I've started downloading it so hopefully be able to give it a go over the weekend at some point. Um, so I did enjoy what I played at the original Overwatch. It wasn't a bad game. Um, big concern they have gone free to play, which means it could be a bit more grind worthy. And I've seen some headlines saying like to get all the cosmetics for a certain character could potentially take up to five years. Um, so it does seem a bit extreme and a bit very much grindy and. Um, bit of a money grab, so if you want to really want something, you can pay for it, kind of thing. So that isn't ideal, um, but it is the live service industry, unfortunately. But interesting to see how the game carries on, whether the launch gets a bit smoother and it gets a bit smoother to play. Um, yeah, next up we have um, a little Splatoon Easter egg, not a really big bit of news, really, but um, 
Google and Nintendo seem to have worked together on some kind of Splatoon uh, Easter egg. I'm not sure it's going to stay around very long. Um, all I know is at the time recording it is a thing. Um, but basically, if you go on Google and you search for Splatoon, Splatoon 2 or Splatoon 3, on the results page you do get a little ink splat. So if you click on that, then you can start uh, spraying, shooting ink at your screen. So it's a pretty cool, nice little visual effect. Um, like I said, I'm not sure exactly how long it will last for, whether it's just literally a day or two thing. Um, so by the time this goes out, it might not work anymore. Um, it's a pretty cool thing. Um, I saw it on Spawn Rave. Um, Spawn Rave Media's got um, News Rave from today, which is Friday the 7th. If you want to kind of see it in action, check out the, the News Rave from there. Um, but yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, nice little Easter egg thing. Nice little free thing. Um, next up, we have a new Need for Speed game being announced. Uh, it had been long rumoured, um, but it is now officially announced. Um, it is Need for Speed Unbound, so uh be interesting to see how it plays. Um, it is due out in December. Um, I launched on 2nd December this year. Um, the trailer had kind of like a cartoony meets realistic style graphic style, so you like a lot of the environments and that look quite realistic, but some of the cars had kind of cartoony effects on them. So, um, there's not been much official gameplay shown yet, so it's whether. Um, or how it actually looks properly uh, in game is interesting um, but it is coming out on the PlayStation 5 Series S and X and PC so it's very much new gen um, and they are targeting a 4K 60 frames per second performance so should be nice and smooth um, it is looking more like the street racing scene like a nice open world city to explore so whether that puts it more like Neve Speed Underground would be interesting. Uh, so you kind of, do quite enjoy the Neve Speed Underground games. So, so yeah, if they do manage to get that sorted and a so game like that could be pretty interesting. They have that quite late to unveil it though. So I'm not sure that's something to be concerned about because it's actually two months before launch they announced the game. Um, so yeah, that is one thing to see how it plays when it comes out um, and see more gameplay in general really um, the last bit of news is been quite a big week for Nintendo they've had two quite big trailers come out um, both on the same day the Pokemon company dropped a 14 minute overview trailer for the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet the more I see this game the more I think it's going to be great um, I really embrace the open world stuff which looks interesting um, the trustalizing looks interesting. Got introduced picnics, um, new evolutions, um, terror raid battles, which looks pretty good. Um, so yeah, a lot to look forward to in the game. Showing off some of the multiplayer stuff as well. Um, yeah, very much looking forward to the 18th of November now and getting hands on that. And then the other trailer that I did launch was the first teaser trailer for the Super Mario Brothers movie. This is being developed in 
uh, conjunction between Nintendo and Illumination. Illumination are the guys who are behind Despicable Me, The Minions, um, Sing. Um, so yeah, they've done some, done some pretty big films. Um, and yeah, so they've been working with Nintendo to work on a animated uh, Mario film. Um, <clears throat> anyone who watches Nintendo Directs knows more about the voice cast because they did announce a voice cast a fair while ago. Um, but yeah, so uh, the biggest thing is uh, how the voice cast sounded. You didn't see many of the characters. saw Bowser, Mario, Toad, and a little bit of Luigi. Um, Luigi didn't really hear much speaking, but um, Toad, voice by Keegan-Michael Key, sound pretty cool. Um, Jack Black is Bowser. I think he did a great job with his stuff. Um, the trailer opened with him attacking a, an ice castle uh, with a load of penguins living there. Cool little comedic sketch to start with that before Bowser absolutely decimated the castle. Um, and then we're introduced to Mario. And Mario's a bit that kind of divided the internet a little bit. Um, yeah, Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt is playing Mario, um, and it is a very different voice to what he used to. We've been playing the 3D games. Um, yeah, so it is very much a styled order approach to Mario, so it's not got the Italian accent. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes across in the whole film. Um, a lot of people said he'd made a good accent or good voice for it, but it did sound a lot like Chris Pratt, so I'm not sure how true that is. But yeah, it looked amazing, it looked gorgeous. Um, yeah, I'm excited to watch it. It's due out in America next April, um, and the rest of across the world like, around that date. So yeah, while well on next year, it'll be interesting to see exactly how the Super Mario brothers movie comes out um i know miyamoto has been working extremely closely with illumination and he's got insane attention to detail um knows everything about the mario character and law so it should hopefully be very respectful to the source material in mario um the teaser did seem to hint they might be mario first arriving in the mushroom kingdom so that'll be interesting to see if it's like a fish out water thing and like Mario kind of enters the Mushroom Kingdom for the first time. If they take that kind of story with it, it could open up potential for sequels and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the plot plays out, but the fact that... Um, the fact that uh, Nintendo have worked so closely with Illumination is a good sign, and hopefully... It'll be good fun when it comes out next year. Anyway, that rounds up the news. We're now going to head on to uh, the main subject for tonight. Okay, guys, so EJX happened a while ago, actually, now. It was quite scary. Um, yeah, two weeks ago, we were at EJX. Um, myself and the guys from the Game Junkies podcast and Caitlin from Caitlin's Mind Games. Um, yeah, so it was a lot of fun, and we 
Got to play a few little things. Um, luckily, I was able to get a press pass for the for the event, so that was pretty awesome. Um, and actually managed to get hands on some really good games. Um, Thunderful Games were really gracious with their time. They let us go and play. Some guys had an hour, spent an hour with them on their booth. Um, Thunderful Games, if you've not heard of them, they're a bit of an indie company, but they have very stylized games. Um, yeah, very interesting visual styles for their games. They all look beautiful in their own different ways, which is awesome. Um, the first game that we got sat down with was their most imminent release, which is out about now, to be fair. It's The Last Hero of Nostalgia. Um, it's a Souls, it's a Souls-like game, so Dark Souls-style game. Um, it's throughout the 19th of October. Um, and it's a pixelated main character, so it is a very unique arc style. So you are literally a stick figure um, running around this castle uh, in the demo we played. Um yeah, I really enjoyed it. I don't really like Souls games. I like not played very many of them at all. Um, not re not played Dark Souls at all. But I did really get find myself getting drawn into this and enjoying it. Um, I had a single player and online co op. Um, and they did the guy the guys on the booth were saying they built it up from the combat upwards. So the combat was the key element they started with. They built everything else up around it. And the cars look great there. Um, cars kind of look quite 2D, but it was a really cool art style. Like I say, you're a stick figure, and it's very tongue-in-cheek. Um, like they had a character customization thing, and obviously you're kind of controlling things on this stick figure, and it makes no difference to what the stick figure looks like, but it's just real kind of laugh and tongue-in-cheek pro, but... Um, character customization in other games um, but yeah very much a lot of fun um, yeah it's coming out to, on Xbox and PC on the 9th of October um, and we are potentially looking at getting some review codes which would be really awesome if we managed to make it happen um, very much looking forward to seeing how that works out uh, the second game we got to play is one I absolutely fell in love with. Uh, it's a game called Worldless. Um, it's like an exploration game, very much Metroidvania. And quite Ori. It's why I like Ori and the Will of the Wisps and Ori in the Blind Forest style. So you will love that kind of game. I think you will love this. Um, looked absolutely beautiful. Um, it has like a RPG turn-based combat system, which works really well. Um, so you have like a little kind of time bar that appears when it's your turn. You can make your moves while you've got time left. And then it'll switch to the enemy's turn and you're able to defend for their or uh, protect against their attacks. Um, you have physical and magic attacks. So obviously, when it's your turn, you have to identify their weaknesses and attack them with their weaknesses. You can absorb stuff from them as well. So very interesting mechanics at play. Um platforming and and exploration bit worked really well um so i absolutely loved it like i said um uh, it's very atmospheric and 
Um, it is due out next year, so um, no set date yet, but it is coming to Xbox and PC. I think Thunder Thunderbolt Games, they're the ones that they know how to work on best, so that's why they kind of uh, tend to go for Xbox and PC for their stuff. Um, Bro, this is one I will definitely be keeping an eye out on. Uh, absolutely stunning game. Um, and the third game they showed off is uh, Planet of Lana. Um, it is absolutely beautiful game. It's like very much watercolor style backgrounds. And it's a platform puzzler and exploration games. So you have to work your way through the through the environments. Um, making use of the environment around you and like different special effects. Uh, it's you playing as Lana and you have a little cat that you fight come across. Um, it's working together with the cat to um, work your way through the levels and find different hidden things. Um, yeah, I love exploration and trial and error, seeing what works and what doesn't. Um, as I said, it does look beautiful. Like the backgrounds are very much watercolour style effect. I think Xbox have showed it off in one of their um, expos because it is coming to Game Pass day one. So it is a Game Pass game, but it is due out next year. Um, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, and Thunderbolt Games in general, I think, is very much worth looking out for. Um, yeah, because the three games I played last year was Nostalgia, uh, Worldless, and Planet of uh, Lana. All very different experiences, but all very, very, um, very, very fun. And all drew me in their own different way. Um, like I say, Worldless, I am literally can't wait for. And for an indie game to get me like that is quite exciting because there's not many indie games. You get me like that. I think the last one, last indie game, I was like, yeah, I can't wait for that to come out, is uh, Just Shapes and Beats on the Switch eShop, which was like a rhythm rhythm game. Um, which, yeah, it was a great game. Um, but now it's got to wait for Welders to come out. Um, uh, the other thing we did was you managed to talk to Special Effects. Um, Special Effects are a company that work to make um gaming accessible for people of all course all sorts of disabilities um and they're pretty much a charity so they are doing a lot of fundraising and trying to raise money so they can develop new projects and new technology um they have worked quite closely with microsoft microsoft has released an adaptive controller which is developed by them um Many of you may remember a few years ago when they showed off Forza Horizon 4 at, um, I think it was E3 that year. Uh, there's one guy with like a funky controller, which is why the adaptive controllers they worked on. Um, yeah, it's very much um, interesting technology there. Uh, they want to make accessible gaming, developing controllers to allow handicapped disabled people to play games. Um, they also showed off, were showing off something really cool at EGX, which is called um, iMine, which is a technology that allows you to play Minecraft with your eyes. Um, I didn't get to go on it, or 
well, I was about to say go hands-on because it's not really very hands-on. It's all done with your eyes. So I didn't get to try it out. Just unfortunately we were a bit rushed with what we had to get done on the days. Um, but Matt from Game Junkies did and he absolutely loved it. Um, he got to speak to well, the guys from Special Effects as well. So please make sure you check out uh, the Game Junkies EGX podcast because they've got some cool interviews on there. Um, if you want to check out more special effects stuff, make sure you check out the, the website www.specialeffect.org.uk. Uh, some pretty cool stuff on there, um, and ways you can help support the the, the charity as well. So, yeah, it's really cool getting to spend some time with those guys. Um, another game, another indie game that really caught my eye is like a VR game. Um, I played it on MetaQuest Two. But it was also coming to Nintendo Switch as a first-person game. Um, it's uh, Disconica or Disconia, sorry, uh, Disconia, sorry. It's a sci-fi mystery game, so you're kind of playing a futuristic cop who's got abilities that allow you to travel through time, um, and then explore through different scenarios. Um, Launching next spring, 2023, on uh, fully. I think there's some, some like, episodes available now, but, um, yeah, it was a very stylized game. Like, it looked fantastic. Um, so it was quite Persona-esque. Got a Persona-esque uh, J-pop style soundtrack, which sounded fantastic. Really addictive soundtrack. Um and yeah, it really piqued my interest. So I think um, I don't have a MetaQuest 2 headset, but I probably will look into potentially getting it on Switch. Because um, you kind of use your, your motion controls on your Joy-Con just like you would with the VR headset and controllers. Um, so you won't have the VR stuff on the Switch. But you can still use your... Um, your hands as you would with the um, the VR headset kind of thing. So you can use a Joy-Con to interact stuff in the world. So, yeah, we can just see exactly how it does play on the Switch. But, um, yeah, really cool game that I enjoyed playing when I did. So, well worth keeping an eye on. Um, so I had a bigger game you got to go hands-on with. Um, Street of Fighter 6 was there. I've never been a... Massive Street Fighter gamer. Um, played bits of it here and there. Um, so I kind of went in to play it just to kind of... <clears throat> to see how it was. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, the fighting felt pretty fluid. Uh, looked pretty cool. Very bright. Lots of neon going on. Um, the characters had there like, a few classic and a few that I hadn't heard of. So I think it's new and old characters they had on show. Um... Yeah, I really did enjoy what I played with it. I got to play a few different uh, matches, which is cool. Um, yeah, it looked pretty stylish, moved pretty smoothly. Um, and actually made me consider playing it and pick up a Street Fighter game, which is, for me, is quite a big thing, because like I said, I've never gone out and actually bought a Street Fighter game. Um... 
yeah, it certainly did kind of pique my interest. Um, okay, I'm not the most technical Street Fighter player. I'm not, I don't know all the moves or combos and stuff like that. I probably never will do, but I did think it was pretty cool going hands-on with it. Um, and then I think my personal highlight, I think, of EGX was Sonic Frontiers. I managed to play Sonic the Sonic Frontiers demo twice. Um, first time I was doing a bit of exploration, running around, exploring the open world. Um, and then the second time I went more stories-focused. I kind of went for the main action points to try and get as far as I can through the story. Um, so I started off with the first time I played it in exploration. Didn't get the full time on it, I think, because we had some sound issues I tried to sort out. Um, but yeah, um, I think they did have some issues getting the game initially going on the first day, because we went there straight away when the show opened on the Thursday. And not all the stations were up and running, so I think there were some technical issues on the booth. On the booth. Um, so the sound wasn't working 100%, so I didn't really get to hear a lot of the sound. But I did hear it sounded really cool, so I got the Sonic voice actor back. Well, the music sounds quite atmospheric. Um, the first time I played it, like I said, this is the explorations. I was going around exploring. Um, lots of stuff to discover that you don't really need to do. But it does help unlock stuff, give you like these gears you can collect to spend on things um, and build up uh, skill points and stuff like that. So, so yeah, um, what I really loved was how well the game controlled. Um, so there were some times with Sonic games where you do feel like it's not controlling overly well, um, but the controls felt tight and responsive. Um, Near the great as well. I'm not entirely sure what version we played. I think it probably was PC. Um, so it's probably a PC version we end up playing. Um, but I did really enjoy what um, what I played of it. So uh, that first time, just literally ran around, did a couple of big bosses. Didn't quite get into. What I call the cyberspace zones, which are like the retro, like I say retro, but they're still fully 3D, um, like remakes of previous levels. Um, one thing I didn't realise annoying is if you went straight back at the start, you could have gone back to the Green Hill Zone, which is like the first one in the game by the looks of it. Um, so I think if the first one's Green Hill, then you end up going into the Star Four Islands, Islands bit, which is where the demo starts. So I think you could technically go back and do the Green Hill bit, but I didn't think to run backwards from the opening bit. Um, but yeah, um, the explorations seemed to work really well. Um, didn't have any problems with how it played. Like I did die a couple of times, but a lot of it was just going to grips with when to jump, when to do stuff. I didn't, never felt like it was the game's fault. Uh, it was just like me not reacting quickly or reading what I need, what I need to do next. Um, has some cool new moves like the cyber loop which is pretty cool so you literally run leave a tail behind like a tail light behind you and once you do a circle anything behind it gets sucked in almost like the knights in knights where you had to draw a circle with your kind of stars that follow you behind you if you manage to cross over you cause like a vortex uh, so it's still that kind of thing um, 
Lots of things you unlock in terms of different abilities and um, attacks and move sets. So that's really cool to see that kind of skill tree stuff went into Psych as well. Um, I say the second time I played, I did do a beeline for trying to do more of the story stuff. So I kind of took what I knew for my first playthrough, blasted straight through to the. Um, Two bosses you had to get to get the uh, gears to unlock the portal to the cyberspace. So once I open that up, end up in the Sky Sanctuary um, kind of remake. And it's really cool. I really like the level design. Quite short and sweet, but it was a lot of fun. Um, like I say, I think they nailed the controls. It felt tight, responsive. Did exactly what I wanted it to do, so... Yeah, did that really and really enjoyed it. And then made it to the first Chaos Emerald. Uh, the way it seems to work in Star Wars Islands is there's Chaos Emeralds dotted around each part of the map. Um, so you have to kind of complete challenges and crests and that to earn enough of whatever you need to, or I think it's keys and stuff like that, to, to unlock the Chaos Emerald. So you do that by going through cyberspace missions doing side quests, all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, didn't get to get to the second emerald, unfortunately, because the time did run out, but it is a very, very good move for me. And I came away from Sonic Frontiers feeling very happy. Um, I think it is going to be a really cool game. Um, I can't wait to play it again. Um, so it is due out in just over four weeks' time, pretty much. Yeah, it comes out on the 8th of November. Um, yeah, and I, for one, am very much looking forward to getting stuck in. I think it's a game that I will definitely play on my YouTube channel. Um, so I think you guys... I think I'm just going to love it. So we cool to have you guys along on the ride for that. Um and because it's not going to be a 15 minute demo, I can take the time to explore and look around and see what kind of stuff I can find. Um, so you can get all the secrets and hidden bits. Um, but yeah, that is my kind of... I think I just came away feeling happy both times I played it. So I was like, yeah, they've got it, they've done it. Um, and that is what's left me so excited about it but Ajax I think was great um again there wasn't many of the big companies there um Nintendo kind of had a presence they had Splatoon 3 then Nintendo Life had um a section of Switches set up with already released games so Splatoon 3 had already come out but they're having uh like proper contests going on on tournament stuff and then in between the tournaments people can go and play Splatoon 3 um it's a bit of a shame to see Nintendo not there on in full force. Because um, I know from, like, from experience being there and also being fortunate enough to work on the Nintendo stand at EGX, it is normally a massive kind of adrenaline thing. And you kind of missed the energy it gave. Because um, I had a few stages dotted around in EGX doing different things. Like they had the arena stage and kind of crossplay stage. You had like um, 
careers fair stage as well. So they're quite a good careers section there. It's good. Um, but nothing really gave the energy that the Nintendo stage always gave off. Um, so it was a bit of a shame, but it was kind of... Um, it was kind of cool as well, though. Um, and the merch section, well, the retail zone, as they called it, was a lot bigger. So plenty of merch opportunities. I got far too much stuff. I realise I have no self-control when it comes to... Um, when it comes to getting stuff like... Um, well, for example, a Master Sword and a uh, Shield. So, yeah, I end up with a Link Sword and Shield. Because um, why not? Um, yeah, so it's all good and fun. And then I realised I had to get back on the train, which is uh, a bit kind of, oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, anyone who's thinking about doing EGX, I would recommend it. It is happening in October next year, so it's a bit later. Um, I should be able to make all four days, which would be great. Um, yeah, but very much looking forward to getting involved in it again. And hopefully some of the bigger companies will be able to attend, because a lot of it is the fact that they didn't have the time due to catching up from COVID to build demo builds and stuff like that. Um, cause I did miss some of the bigger companies, like the likes of Ubisoft and... Um, Square Enix normally have quite a big presence and Sony normally have a fairly big presence as well um, Microsoft and Xbox have sat it out a couple of years before you COVID so whether they come back would be interesting to see um, but yeah very much looking forward to seeing what it's like next year um, but yeah that is kind of my EJX sum up, but yeah, a lot of fun things to play. Um, there are plenty of other indie titles I did go hands on with, but as it would be on here for hours, or I kept on going all that. Um, but highlights of the show are definitely worldless. Um, last hero of Nostalgia, Nostalgia, um, and Planet of Lana from Thunder, Thunderful Games. Um, they are all beautiful looking games, um, all very much very charismatic, got their own kind of flair and style, but all really engaging in bringing you in and along with Sonic Frontiers. Sonic Frontiers has got me super hyped. Um, may I speak to other guys on the Sega stand, or the stand from Sega at the stand, and he was just asking me like my thoughts about it and like Sonic in general, and I was like, I'll tell you the truth, because basically Sonic is the first video game I played properly, to be fair. Um, got my Sega Mega Drive one Christmas from my parents. Um, Super Hang On and Sonic the Hedgehog were the two games with it. And yeah, end up playing through those and absolutely loving them. Um, and been a Sega fanboy ever since, and... It's no secret, Sonic Forces did leave me really disappointed. Um, it's just the way you kind of went back and forth between set, certain levels. It seemed a lot smaller scale than some of the other Sonic games. Um, so it's really good to see Sonic ba uh, coming back and having such a fun game um, in the shape of Sonic Frontiers. Um, so yeah, 
no guarantee the whole game is going to be like that and it's going to last. But from what I've played of Sonic Frontiers, I absolutely love it. Um, it's one I'm very much keeping my eyes open and my hopes up for. Um, and I did put it on my list of games to um, that I'm looking forward to the first year. And it more than deserves its spice on that list now, I think. Um, so very exciting end of the year for me coming up which would be interesting. Um, yeah, so like I said, that wraps up my EGX kind of coverage. Um, like I did say, check out um, Game Donkeys podcast, uh, the sister podcast on, on this network, as they managed to secure some interviews. And um, yeah, I've got their own thoughts and impressions on EGX as well. Um, it was great. Meeting up with Alex and Kerry. I've met Alex before, before COVID, but not seen him during COVID. And I've never met Kerry before, so it's amazing meeting those guys. And he listens to Dungeon Junkies. I managed to meet up with Caitlin as well. Um, first time I've seen Caitlin not on a screen, so very nice to get to see them and meet them all properly. Um, yeah, so it's great. It's getting it was all together in the same place. Um, and you had fun experiences. Um, and yeah, so hopefully next year will be just as fun and such a bigger year. Um, anyway, let's get on with what I've been playing the last couple of weeks. I have played a few different things. Um, yeah, it's obviously Animal Crossing. Splatoon 3, I've played a bit. Loving that. Simplay Chronicles 3, I'm falling more in love with the more I play it. Not played much since my last video so i do need to play it, get stuck into that again i just had a few crazy weeks though so hopefully it will settle down and i can chill out sit down and relax and play proper hours in it which is pretty cool um Silver chronicles 3 is great um did a few things on xbox so the tetris effect connected um a little bit more psychonauts 2 um just Going back to things I haven't played for a little while. Um, I have got Dreamlight Valley downloaded, so I'm going to try and get stuck into that. Might do a gameplay video of that as well. Because uh, it's like a Disney kind of Animal Crossing game. So I want to see what that's all about. Um, like I say, Overwatch 2 as well is one that I'm looking to, down, looking to get stuck into. Um, obviously, I've been playing more Animal Crossing and um, Tetris 99. Dipping in and out of those, because quite easy to dip in and out of. Um, so yeah, very much looking forward to what's to come. Obviously, uh, October is a big month. We have the likes of Bayonetta 3, Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Um, two very big titles straight away. Um, so if you want to see any gameplay footage of those, please let me know on my Twitter. Um... You can find me on Twitter at ChrisThurst37. And obviously my YouTube is uh, youtube.com forward slash ChrisReactor1. Um, yeah, so it's OR at the end of Reactor. Um, yeah, so please do give me a follow on either of those if you want to. Um, easy way is to find me on Twitter and then you can just click on my links to my videos there. And you can kind of get on to my channel and subscribe and all that great stuff. Um, 
Don't forget to check out Dungeon Junkies and Game Junkies. I got tons of content dropping. Um, the Game Junkies podcast normally drops alternative weeks to me, so um, so make sure you check them out next week. They've got some great stuff going on. Uh, they've done some great lists recently. Like they've kind of ranked all the rivals in the Pokemon generations recently, which has been a great series to listen in on and other debates and arguments that I've had. Um, like who to consider as rivals and stuff like that. So it's been very fun listening on some of that stuff and hearing some of the stuff that they've got coming up in the Dungeon Junkie stuff is um, so quite emotional, quite fun and bonkers stuff coming up, I think, on the Dungeon Junkies podcast. So, yeah, selling the hell out of that, but they are well worth listening to, those guys. So don't forget to check those out. And until next time, guys, if you're still listening, thank you. Until next time, bye. This podcast is a Mass Attack production for Visionaries Global Media.